Tomorrow is the anniversary of the declaration that we had a pandemic. Three freaking years of, well, I was going to say misery. It wasn't all miserable. Um, you know, I've talked to some people who feel that it's been a revelatory experience. They've drawn closer to their partners. They made friends they never would have made. Uh, they discovered hobbies they never would have had. Um, but even as the pandemic sort of comes off the table as a generalized health threat, one of the things that health officials are sounding the alarm over is long COVID and the fact that some people have not escaped this disease. Here to talk about the issue is our uh, infectious disease expert, Dr. Zane Chagla. It's nice to have you. Happy Friday. Hi, happy Friday, John. I'm always about definitions, so I guess we have to start by not necessarily defining, but if you can give us a picture of what long COVID looks like for some people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is actually one of the major issues in, in studying the disease is that it has such a heterogeneous definition. And so these are people that have symptoms that way outlast their acute COVID infection, their acute respiratory infection. And definitions vary, but eight to 12 weeks afterwards, they're still experiencing symptoms. And so really, you know, the the uh, uh, chief science officer uh, of Canada, you know, came out with this report really suggesting there are still people suffering and, and that there are people that do require intensive therapy to really get back to normal and be able to, to function after their COVID-19. And again, as we move on, we really do have to recognize this is still an issue and, and continue to mitigate it and and uh, and manage it appropriately in the community. So do we understand why there is such a thing as long COVID? Because, I mean, it is just another flu virus. Uh, so why why does it affect some people forever, you know, for a, a much longer time? Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting because there has been a post-infectious phenomenon that's ongoing, you know, prior to COVID-19. We saw people who had prolonged symptoms after influenza, after Lyme disease, after mononucleosis, after dengue and malaria. And so, you know, I think this this definition is really starting to come under, uh, you know, a single umbrella and, and really a lot of research now into it as COVID-19 emerged and was tracked very easily. Um, but we, we think it may be from a number of different reasons. It may be people aren't clearing the virus out appropriately. It may be their immune responses are dysfunctional and, and you know, attacking themselves. It may be organ damage. It may be a m number of different things. And, and this is the problem. You know, some of these people in this group were people that were critically ill, that were in an intensive care unit in 2020. And some of these people in this group are people that had very mild disease, but are really, really unwell, you know, months afterwards. And again, their pathophysiology may be completely different. And, and this is where, again, a lot more focus needs to come to this disease, but a lot more investment into really understanding the roots and really separating patients out and offering them appropriate therapies based on where they fall. Okay, well, that brings me to a natural question, which would be, are there commonalities amongst the individuals who suffer long COVID? I mean, is it uh, influenced by race or by gender? Yeah, so there are certain things that are seen. The more critical the illness was, so how, how acute people ended up, you know, if they ended up in a hospital or ICU, the higher the risk of post-acute COVID. And, and I think that's well recognized as people get very sick from a number of different issues. Uh, you know, it takes them longer to recover as, as they, they go home. Um, there is a, you know, a bit more of a predisposition in women and men. Um, there's a bit more predisposition in people with pre-existing mental health issues. Um, but then there are just groups that are completely under-recognized. I mean, I think we we are, are still understanding that that there are just 
healthy people that that really do experience disabling symptoms with no medical history. Um, and so, you know, there are certain predispositions, but by no means is there a single patient group that that sticks out. Thanks a lot for this. Always a pleasure. No problem. All the best.